Hi, my name is Duncan. We are the Fantasy Football Fanatics. I'm joined by Matt in London, Ben in LA and Andy in San Fran. Welcome, gentlemen. So let's move on to our football highlights of the week. And a bit of change from tradition. I'm going to go first this time. Um, and I'm going to start with what I thought was the best game of the weekend in terms of a football spectacle. It was Man City versus Huddersfield. And there's so many things in that game that I found entertaining. Aguero's lob for his first goal, a bit of classic Aguero. Benjamin Mendy celebrating his dance with Aguero. Um, their weird circle dance. Um, just how, how happy and excited Mendy was getting two assists. But the big one for me, the funniest moment I thought was um, David Silva's free kick. Um, perfect free kick in the top corner. On the replay, you see Philip Billing, who was a player who doesn't often start for Huddersfield, had clearly been given the call up. He was a little bit out of his depth. He was standing in the wall with his hands over his crotch. The kick went past his head. Obviously, he heard everyone screaming in the crowd and he just stood there and didn't look back and just stood there holding his crotch as David Silva ran off celebrating. <laughs> just like, like the screen was frozen, but everyone else was moving apart from him. And um, it was a bit like Schrodinger's cat. If he doesn't turn round, the goal hasn't been scored. If he doesn't look. Um, so I don't know how long he actually was left there after the goal, whether it was during the whole Mendy celebration. Um, but that was, my, that was my football highlight of the week. How about you, Matt? Um, just on the Billings one, I always think he's, he, he's got some uh, pretty bad hair, hasn't he? Um, yeah, it's always, pretty special. They always have those sort of like things, of, oh, if you have your hair stands out, then maybe you get scouted and you, know, you can do well for your team and stuff like that. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if he has sort of the reverse currently in the Premier League with Billings because like, people just sort of think, oh, my God. Um, uh, can, can look look at him and then just start stinking the place out with his, his play as well. So you don't want off as a player generally. You don't want hair like that when you're playing Man City away and you've just been drafted into the team. Yeah, not not only are you not a very good footballer, also uh, no one particularly likes you because of your bad hair. It's the it's the Alex song, isn't it? You dye your hair so you can get the move. Or the Riyad Mahrez last season, dye your hair so you can get your move. But you have to actually play well, otherwise you're just highlighting how bad you are. Yeah, I think he's going to secure his move to Rochdale on the back of it, maybe. <laughs> what about your highlight of the week, Matt? Um, so, football-wise, I think the most significant result might have been the Man U Brighton one. Um, because I think this might start the uh, the classic demise of Mourinho um, for another season. So he's reached his third season. Everyone knows he'll just disappear at some point. He's not been happy since pre-season. We don't have a very good defence at all, and that's been horribly exposed today. Um, I can see it. I can see him now getting angrier and angrier, and it just goes start going to the vicious circle where he loses the dressing room from here. Um, so I think that's probably the most significant result of the week. As a Man U fan, that's, um, that's quite, quite an interesting highlight to pick. But, yeah, <laughs> it's topical. Yeah, I mean, I sort of, a Man U fan is... I mean, obviously, I always want us to win. But there's a certain, certain acceptance this year that I don't think we're as good as some of the other teams. So, um, like, hopefully we'll get... I've got no hopes in the Premier League. Maybe we can jam a cup 
Um, but yeah, that's that's about the extent of my ambitions for United this season. Okay, uh, more of a low light, but yeah, it's it's a football feature of the weekend, and it's yeah. definitely something to talk about. I um, think it's the one we'll look back. At, I think really the the defining moment of Mourinho's demise. Potentially, this is where it started. Okay, okay, Ben, how about you? You another Man U fan? I'm outnumbered here. Is, is yours the Man U game again, or no? I'm actually going for a highlight. So. <laughs> Uh, instead of a low light. Uh, I think as a neutral, my highlight this week was actually Arsenal versus Chelsea um, was a really good game to watch. You uh, are very... always trolling Arsenal. <laughs> no, I, no as, as a, I was a neutral in this game, Duncan. It was very entertaining. <laughs> uh, both teams not really trying to defend. Um, looking pretty good going forward. It's kind of it's kind of uh, takes a while to get used to like this attacking Chelsea team. Having seen like Conte's previous Chelsea teams, it it takes a a little bit to get used to. Um, in that they're you know they look pretty good going forward, um, but pretty bad at the back. So um, yeah, as a neutral, that was a good game. So and also I thought Arsenal were pretty good going forward as well. So now that they have a nice run of fixtures. Um, I think some Arsenal players will be pretty pretty good pickups in the future. But yeah. And for the record, Duncan, I was actually slightly supporting Arsenal as a neutral. But they, nice. they still they still lost. They still lost. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> they one day will win and you'll pick us as the highlight of the week, maybe. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Okay, Andy, what was your football highlight of the week? My first and second choice highlights have both been chosen already. So um, I think I might be repeating covering some ground that's already been covered. But I think I agree with Matt completely that um, this was a big, big turning point for Mourinho at Man United. There was a, a moment where um, like Ashley Young let the ball go over his head and then started shouting at the ref thinking the ball had gone out of play and then realised the ball was still in play and had to sort of sprint back and catch up and pretend to be fouled. Like, that kind of stuff is so amateurish and the whole match is littered with incidents like that. Um, I don't understand how the blame can be left anywhere other than Mourinho's door for that particular game. Um, we were talking before the game, there's obviously a lot of things wrong at Man United now, but I really believe the manager is one of the big ones. Um, I think there was a sign there in the United game where the players looked scared in the game. Um, so I don't think they've been encouraged to play better, as you say, by Mourinho. I mean, they're actually just panicking on the pitch a bit, and that's not a good sign. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, the other one was the uh, the Chelsea Arsenal game. Um, I maybe enjoyed that less than others since I have a Bamiang in my team, and he should have had at least two goals in that game and didn't get anything. Um, so I didn't enjoy that game as much as other people <laughs> did. Uh, so yeah, that, 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 that was my first and second choice for the highlights of the week. I'm picking up on the Chelsea Arsenal game and you and Ben mentioned it, it does seem like it's almost a similar kind of management style playing each other, having recently joined both those teams. You know, Sari attacking football, Emery attacking football, neither of them really too focused on the defence yet or too too kind of on top of the defence yet. So, ones to watch definitely for the next few games. Okay. Should we go on to our, our game weeks and see see if we've continued with our success in game week one? Um, I think we're going to start with the highest scorers 
um, amongst the four of us. So I think at the moment that's me and Ben both on 63 points. So I'll, I'll take the reins and I'll go first. Um, uh, yeah, 63 points, uh, Aguero captain, which I think is going to be a huge differential this week. Well, it's a huge d- dividing line. And um, whether you had Aguero captain or whether you didn't, it depends what Salah does obviously tomorrow, but, um, Aguero's laid down a marker with a hat-trick and assist um, and three bonus, which is which I was very happy with. Um, so I've still got three Liverpool players to play, Alexander-Arnold, Robertson and Salah. Um, so if Liverpool do slightly grind to a halt and, and get a clean sheet rather than going and scoring lots of goals, I'll be quite happy. Um, but we'll have to see. David De Gea in goal isn't looking like a good pick at the moment. Um, my set and forget keeper, I would prefer to forget at the moment. Um, Benjamin Mendy picked up another card with assists. So that's four assists in two games, which is unbelievable. And he was still not in the bonus, which I found pretty pretty amazing. The City have that many riches going forward. Um, Jota with one point. Again, probably another mistake. It I'll come to it in the transfers, but I think he's he's one that's going to be moving on for sure. Um, I think he only picked up 45 minutes and I didn't see much of him on the highlights that I watched. Um, so he's for the chop. Bernardo Silva, I was very impressed with what I saw of him in the City game. You know, he had a chance to score. He looked good. Only two points, but with De Bruyne's injury, I'm going to stick with him, I think. And he's such a good price in that City attack. Um, so... Salah, vice-captain, still to play. Richarlison, again, three goals in two games. I uh, didn't see a huge amount of that game. Match of the highlights was the only one I picked up. Um, but he, he picked up a goal and he got a headed goal. Whereas last season, he won uh, lots of headed chances, uh, but didn't score very many headed goals, if any. Um, but this time, he's added that to his game and he's definitely winning the headers. I had a friend who went to the game who I saw later on in the evening, he was saying he was winning every header in that game. So if he can start putting those headers on target and getting goals, he'll add to his amazing dribbling and finishing. Um, my transfer last week was Anatovic, who came on, um, got a, a penalty for West Ham. West Ham obviously look at, still look out of sorts, but I, I really like Arnie, and I was very glad to see him pick up the, the ball for the penalty. And then Zaha still to pay. Uh, to play against Liverpool. I'm not massively hopeful, but, you know, Palace are a good team. They look like they've got a good spirit about them. So, um, fingers crossed. So, yeah, that's my team. Any comments before we move on to Ben? That's looking pretty good. I mean, it's got some of the, I think, some of the key players that people are trying to get in their teams for the start of the season. And obviously, Captain Guerrero is a pretty good pick. Um, Salo Aguero, dividing. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you have to see what Salah does tomorrow. But um, I think the only big issue for me at the moment is uh, it's a nice issue to have, but my defence is overloaded. I just couldn't pick between them. Alexander-Arnold, Robertson, Mendy and Van Arnholt. I've got four what I would consider almost you know premium options. I know Alexander-Arnold is only 5.0, but playing first team, hopefully, for Liverpool and on-set pieces and taking free kicks and um, key passes, things like that. So I, I need to make a decision between which one I get rid of and maybe bolster my midfield um, 
yeah, but that's something for for a few game weeks down the line, I think, once I've got a bit better of the lay of the land. Should we go over to Ben now and, and have a look at his team? Uh, yep, I got, I'm currently on 63 points. I took a hit this week, which I mentioned in the last pod. Basically, saw the first City game and was like, I need to get Mendy as soon as possible. So I took Damien out for Mendy, um, which I feel pretty vindicated about. Damien was dropped today. For goalkeeper, I downgraded Edison, which has been annoying. He got he actually got an assist today for the first Aguero goal. And I was going I was looking at Foster versus um some some of the other four point fives. And then I actually went with McCarthy from Southampton, which I kind of instantly regret. Uh, but my thinking was um, the classic choice, I think, is Ben Foster, but it was unclear to me if Watford were that much better defensively than Southampton, but I think they actually are. So a little bit of regret with McCarthy, but he's in my team now. Um, Richarlison scored, Anatovic scored. Um, Mares was was dropped and came on as a substitute. So he's an area I'm looking at that I may... I may try and swap him out for next week, which I can talk about later. Josh King blanked annoyingly. Callum Wilson continues to troll me by scoring again. Scoring a really good goal, actually. He went past a couple of defenders. Um, but, yeah, the big, the big thing in my team is I captain Aguero. Um, I don't know if you guys saw, but there was a Guardian article around Aguero potentially being dropped this week. Um, so I think that... That that led to a lot of people captaining Salah, especially like a lot of the the FPL veterans. Um, but when I read the article, there weren't like any quotes from Pep in it. So I was just like, fuck it. I'll just keep it on Aguero. Um, so that looks like a good move, depending on what Salah does tomorrow. So yeah, um, that's my team. I have three Liverpool players tomorrow, Salah, Mane, Robertson. And I have one Bissaka, not expecting much from him, but yeah, I'm pretty happy this week. Yeah, it's all about the captaincy of Aguero. I think if you captain him, you don't have to worry too much about the rest of the team. Although you've got, you know, Mendy, Richarlison and Artovic with uh, you know, all over eight points, which is nice. Yeah, it's looking good. Yeah, you're pretty happy. Your decision to make that early transfer has definitely been vindicated. Yeah, Mendy, Mendy looks ridiculous. Like, he was probably going to be 6.3 by next week or something. Yeah, he'll be competing with Alonso before long, I think. That's definitely yeah. true for Bryce. Yeah. Okay, should we go on to, I think, Matt's next up. Yeah, so I got, I got 50 points this week. Um, and I wasn't on the pod last week, so we missed out my game week one, didn't we? Uh, ben, uh, sorry, Matt, it's, it's good. Let's <laughs> move <laughs> Oh, that's such a shame. That's just shame because that that had put me top, so I had a bit of a cushion on you guys. Um, but I mean, briefly going through my team, and I think I got a lot of the same scoring as you guys this week. Um, so I've I set up my team essentially just for the first like three game weeks, trying to maximise that on fixtures as well as as well as players. And so I thought Watford's opening fixtures looked good. They got me a clean sheet last um, last week. But Foster and Cabaselli, I'd bench Cabaselli, but unfortunately he's coming into my team. 
So that's just two points each for them. So that's unfortunate. But then Luke Shaw got me an assist. Um, Mendy got some points. Uh, Charlison and Altovich as well. Um, Josh King continues to be the troll. I just Bournemouth are so hard to predict. Um, they look good, but you just don't know who's going to score for them at any time. Um, uh, we'll come to the Twitter maybe, but surely Wilson. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I've been there before. I've, I've got the yeah, got the postcard of that that sort of a particular transfer me in after a good goal scoring run, and then the, three months later he he scores his next goal. Um, so, and I'm very tempted by Ryan Fraser at the moment, and he's sort of this. I, similar, I can see him being dropped for Jordan Ive next week. Um, it's just that's the way Bournemouth seem to work. Um, very difficult to predict, but quite quite a fun team to watch. Um, Jota, I went for as well, um, and so he got a fluky assist last week. And you think, okay, maybe he'll take off, but he only got half a game of football this week and didn't do anything. So I think he might be on for the chop. But um, I didn't captain Aguero quite crucially, which is why you guys are ahead of me. Um, but I do have Salah uh, captain tomorrow, so we'll see how Salah goes. Um, I've also got Van Dyke rather than Robertson, um, so I just thought, well, uh, I fancy Van Dyke to maybe get some goals from corners and stuff. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if Robertson gets rested for some game, maybe not at the start of the season. So he's he's doing well at the moment. Yeah, it's looking good. It's looking very similar to me and Ben in terms of point it's it's all about that captaincy this week i think i have to see what salah does yeah, yeah well hopefully a, a hat trick for maybe a hat trick of assists for um for van dyke that, that'd be okay with me i like to think that um you mentioning king and wilson i like to think that now wilson is actually over his, his injury last season he was still recovering from that injury maybe he's now back to the player he was when he first came into the Premier League and scored all those goals. Um, I mean, it, you know, we have to wait and see, but he, he looks confident and he looks, you know, going past those three or four players against West Ham, it looked like the Wilson of old to me. So somewhere you can maybe downgrade um, from King to Wilson and, and save a bit of money and get more goals. But it's just, will you take that risk of being trolled again? No, yeah. that's, how he tro- that's how he trolls you, Duncan. He looks really good. <laughs> Me transfer him. What I need is Matt to transfer him in, and then Josh <laughs> King will immediately That's score a hat trick. Okay, Andy, should we have a look at your team? How do you do I'd rather, I'd rather not, if I'm honest. Uh, <laughs> it's not been a, my team is looking uh, pretty worrying. There's a few things this week that really, really caused me a problem. I was uh, I was unable to resist rolling the dice by making Sané captain against Huddersfield. Now, if I'd had Aguero, I obviously would have made Aguero captain because last week I predicted an absolute rout in that game and I was threatening another 9-1. Um, so I would have had Aguero as captain had I had him in my team. Didn't. So I rolled the dice, thought maybe Sané will start. If he does, he'll definitely get points. Um, he got four points because he came on for the last 15 minutes, so that went badly. Um Kennedy missed a penalty. That didn't help. Had he scored that penalty, that would have been a great call having him in the team, but he missed it. Um, and Doherty, I transferred in on the grounds that he's a defender in the game, but a midfielder in real life. Somehow scored, managed to score an own goal. So, <laughs> and on top of that, Aubameyang missed two guilt-edged chances and came away with a blank. So all of the sort of differentials that I had in my team 
against you guys came up either negative or blank. Um, I got an assist for sure. I got the goals for Charleston and, and, and Anasvich. I got the assist for Mendy, but you all got those two, so that's not really much of a differentiator. Um, so, yeah, it was a pretty bad week, and I'm going to give it one more week with... Like, oh, obviously, I'll make a transfer this week, but in terms of wildcard, I'm thinking hard about playing it after next week, depending on next week. Go. Can't carry on carrying this much, like... Abamyang's eleven million, Sane's nine and a half million. Um I just can't carry that amount of weight in my team for much longer without having to make serious change if they don't shape up. I think um I think in terms of Abamyang, he definitely had those chances. He had, you know, two or possibly even three chances, two good chances to get goals. And I think the fixtures are now gonna turn. Game week three onwards, Arsenal is all green. And I think you're gonna if you can stick with him, I think it'll be worth it. I think your issue is probably Sane, um, and especially your maverick captain choice of Sane. Um, I, for some reason, Pep just doesn't seem to be keen on him, despite him having a summer off and surely being pumped up, having missed out on the Germany squad. He's he's not in the system at the moment. So I I, I think that would be where I'd be looking if I were you. Yeah, me too. That's definitely what I'm doing this week is um, getting rid of Sané. I think my, my diagnosis of that is that with Mendy being such a flying winger and um, Sané also being a kind of left-footed left winger, um, first of all, Mendy bombs forward and will need more defensive cover than Sané can provide, but also the fact that they're both trying to occupy the same space where Mendy gets forward. Um, the better Mendy does, I see the less need for Sané in that team and maybe that's why he's not playing. Yeah. But, you know, as a general point, it was one of very fine margins. Aubameyang, you know, could have had two goals. Kennedy could have scored that penalty and things could have been, you know, different. Yeah, and Doherty could have not scored a known goal. If those three moments had gone differently, then, <laughs> um, I'd, have the highest, then I'd have the highest score out of all of us, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> not without Aguero. Um, okay, um, guys, what do you think? Andy's team, does he need a bit of a hand? <laughs> I, mean, I, I think, think it was unlucky uh, like the Doherty on goal I don't know if you guys saw it was like a bullet header really well taken that was unlucky Kennedy missing the penalty but he could have been sent off before then um, I don't know if he's going to get a, 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 a do you think he's going to get a ban maybe he could get a ban for that I'm not sure but yeah like I, I think Sane is he's he's really expensive um, he he would be the one that I would be trying to ship out. Yeah, he's he's out. Um, I'm thinking maybe the the only reason I wouldn't do it this week is that I'm thinking about having Deli Ali as the replacement for him and saving a bit of money on mm. that so that I can spend it elsewhere. Um, but Tottenham don't have uh, it, like it might be better to wait a week before putting a Tottenham player in. That's the only that's the only hesitation I have on that. Yeah, because Brighton only scored three against us, so you know. <laughs> yeah, true. No, I think I think Manu will bounce back. I mean, against a big team, it's my yeah, it's probably sensible. Um, before we um before we move on to our next section of planning ahead, I just wanted to mention something that we've we've highlighted in the last two pods, but we haven't actually got the name out there for you. So that championship um FPL scoring team. If you look up Ben Mayhew on Twitter, he basically put together uh, the dream team of the championship from last year 
um, if it was taken into account FPL scoring for goals and assists. He couldn't do bonus points, but based on goals and assists and clean sheets and things like that, there were four Wolves players with over 200 points. So that was Ruddy, who's obviously now um, lost his place. Barry Douglas, who's been transferred, um, sadly. Max Doherty, own goal hero. Um, (laughs) Maybe stick with him, Andy. It was, you know, it's just unlucky. And then Jota as well. Um, another high-scoring player for that. So if you want to have a look at that team, it's Ben Mayhew on Twitter. And just kind of on the back of that, one other thing I was going to mention, we mentioned myself and Ben at the end of last week's pod, if you got all that way through, um, we mentioned fblstatistics.co.uk to track price rises. Obviously, that gets more accurate as the season goes on and they're able to work out the algorithm of FPL um, to see how price is going to rise. So it'll become more and more accurate, but that's one we recommended. Also, I'd recommend a new planet um, for live tracking of bonus points, assists, things like that. Uh, So if you Google a new planet, but that's a new PLA.net forward slash FPL forward slash live. um, I recommend that one for tracking live bonus points. It's pretty accurate. Um, do you guys have any more kind of tips? I know you mentioned Villaronka's team at the end of last week's pod. Ben, anyone else? Any kind of things that they they like to follow on Twitter or websites they use? Um, those are the main ones I use. I also I don't know if you guys use Reddit, but there's a there's a fantasy Premier League subreddit, um, which is just kind of fun to follow. It's just a lot of people ranting and being angry at. Various different things, um, but yeah, that's that's like the kind of community one that I, I kind of like to just read what is happening. Did you call it ranting? Ranting, yeah. <laughs> you said you, you said ranting. He definitely okay. said ranting. That happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's a posh version of ranting. Okay, so um, should we move on to planning ahead? Um, so what we have to look out for in the next few game weeks coming up, what's on the horizon planning ahead for our team, because that can make a huge difference. Um, I'm going to come to Matt first. Do you have any thoughts on how people can plan ahead? Um, I mean, I guess, yeah, looking at the, the fixtures again, you sort of alluded to it a bit that Arsenal's fixtures now turn. Um, and a lot of people planning their teams at the start of the season. I mean, people get distracted by what happens each game week, but... They were sort of planning at this stage to start transferring in those Arsenal players now. So I'm certainly looking out for Mkhitaryan coming into my team um, for next week. Um, because, yeah, they've been scoring goals even if they've been losing. Um, so I, I can see a positive future for Arsenal and Arsenal players. I think that's definitely a good shout. Is there any teams that you put in? Because you plan for the first three game weeks. Is there any players or teams that you're going to now be looking at getting rid of Um based on, you know, game week four onwards? You mentioned Watford. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I've got a little bit of a soft spot for Watford, having just, like, planned around them for the opening couple of weeks. Um, so, they've got Crystal Palace next week, which everyone has been saying, oh, that'd be great for, like, Zaha and Juan Bissaka and stuff like that. But Watford at home, I reckon they're going to win that game. I think they're better than Crystal Palace. They've got a much better midfield. Um, they just don't have a, 
a standout player like Zaha up front. Um, so I think people like Pereira, if I have one one hit uh, for, for one game week, could be quite good. But then their fixtures get a bit tougher for a while. Um, yeah. So they'll 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 chug along. They're sort of a mid-table team, I think. Watford. One I'd kind of throw into that mix is um, teams to watch out for, possibly West Ham and Newcastle. Their fixtures are not looking healthy um, going forwards. You know, West Ham, Arsenal, Everton, Chelsea, Man United, Tottenham all coming up pretty soon. Newcastle have Chelsea, Man City, Arsenal, Man United all coming up. So those are two that I'd watch out for. Yeah, it's a good shout. I mean, they... they um... They're not, I'm not even looking at their players at the moment. They just, I mean, they don't have very good fixtures at all. Um, and they don't seem to be scoring very highly either. Do you not have uh, Anatovic? So I do have Anatovic, but he, so he's the one where you maybe say he could probably still score even if they lose. Um, but I wouldn't be looking to necessarily get rid of him because I think, like, yeah, he might score regardless of fixtures. Um, I just think that the wider West Ham team might not do very well and they might not give me points. Yeah, yeah. the other one I'd call out is attacking Chelsea now have Newcastle, Bournemouth, Cardiff, West Ham. I'm really, I'm really interested to see Hazard when he gets reinstated to the first team. I think he could be, he could tear it up in this attacking system. And it's crucial whose place he takes. That's the thing to watch, yeah. I think, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Lots of people have been it's, transferring in Pedro, and that could be a, a bit of a risky one, actually, because he, he could be for the chop. You never know. Even on the form he's in. Well, he scored two goals, but like I think he sort of pounced rather than um, made them himself. Yeah, definitely one to watch. I think you alluded to it before, but Pal- Palace had all right opening three fixtures, especially Fulham. Um then of course they have Liverpool this game week, but from now on it's you know it's a sea of of green. You've got Watford, Southampton, Huddersfield, Newcastle in the next four. Bournemouth, Wolves. After that, um, it's looking great for them. Obviously, Wan Bissaka has gone up in price, um, but I would say their defence has looked strong. We could probably ignore the Liverpool result in terms of how many they concede, but um, their defence has a lot of options that I would. I would recommend almost any of them. Schlupp, not even playing in defence, playing in midfield. Um, yeah, so that that would be another one I would pick out. Yeah, another sort of um, lower end of the league team that has a, a kind run of fixtures coming is Bournemouth. Um, with the exception of Chelsea, who's up in, in game week four, they have uh, no red games in the next eight fixtures. So they're a team that has a kind run of fixtures coming. Callum Wilson. Callum Wilson. Callum yeah, Wilson. Wilson. Get him in. <laughs> We've turned already. Um, okay, anything else to mention for planning ahead or should we move on to the, the preview for game week three? Okay. Yeah, preview. Preview. So the first match I'd like to take a look at um, We've kind of sped through that those opening couple of sections, so we, we can we don't have to rush through these previews. Um, is Wolves Man City, and I'm going to come to Matt for that. Wolves at home to Man City. What do you think? Yeah, so I reckon Man City will probably probably um, well they're probably on course to win the league, but 
I should they should definitely beat Wolves, who look quite technical and quite good, but I think that could almost have set them in bad stead against preparing to beat City. Um, but I think City on the road might be vulnerable to teams that can defend for like long period of time, but Wolves, I think, quite like to have possession themselves and they probably won't have it against City, so they, they might struggle as a result. So I, would, I, I reckon the 3-1 type result there. I don't see Wolves beating um, the might of Man City, but quite who Man City play, because they can basically rotate between two sides at the moment and still win, um, is, is really difficult for fantasy managers. I think, um, I definitely think that it, Bernardo Silva's looking good to keep his place. Obviously, he didn't get any points this week, but um, without De Bruyne, I think he's he's stepping into that hole and look good, whereas Mares isn't looking so hot at the moment. Um, maybe, but then David Silva sort of played the creative role, didn't he, a bit? Um, so, and they're, they're playing around in their formation, so you never know. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Bernardo gets a bit of a rest at some point. Yeah. Any any Wolves options you see? And Obviously, Matt has Doherty. Um, some people will have Neves. Um, others will still have Jota. Yeah, so, I mean, Andy having Doherty was obviously very amusing this week um, for the rest of us. But, uh... <laughs> Um, I think Wolves are a very good team that will probably finish about mid-table um, but I don't know if their fixtures are brilliant um, at the start of this season um, they've got a couple of moderate ones coming up I think there's a sort of a... Neves looks pretty good he's, he's, on, for, he's on set pieces Jimenez scored a goal um, might score some more Um so they've definitely got potential, but it's it's still early days, I think, to work out who, if they're going to be great fantasy picks. I think that's fair enough. Um, shall we move on? That seems pretty much like an open-shut case. I can't disagree with you there. Um, the next fixture up is, is Arsenal-West Ham, and this is one that I'm going to preview as an Arsenal fan. Um, I struggled to pick the score last week or how the game would go against Chelsea. Uh, I, th- I think I was blinkered. Um, after that game against Man City, I just I didn't know what was going to happen. But this one, I feel a bit more sure after seeing two games. I think you're going to see goals for Arsenal. You're going to see a reaction, which is was a feature of the Wenger years. You know, you go through a little patch and there'd be a rat reaction against the next team at home. Um, West Ham could cause, cause them problems. Arnautovic has always played quite well against us away from home. And he's obviously on penalties now. And he'll relish the, the kind of physical battle against Mustafi, who has a mistake in him, and Socrates, who hasn't looked great since he's been playing this season. But I think the chances that were created against Chelsea, there were so many of them, um, and a lot of them were big chances as well. And I think against this West Ham defence, which has not looked together, they've got Balbuena, a new player coming in, um, a new system, new manager, and I think they're still figuring figuring that out. So I see goals for Arsenal, and I see... um, in front of the home fans, them kind of trying to make up for those opening losses and catch up the time that they have. Um, I've, I've got Arnautovic on my bench at the moment. Um, I'm kind of hoping for another Liverpool home game scenario where we flood forward and he just doesn't get the opportunities. But I, I am worried about them getting a goal in a, a 3-1 loss. And I think if that goal comes, it will be Arnautovic will be involved, even though now... He's playing second fiddle um, in this kind of game week two fixture to Chicharito, but 
the penalties, I think, swings it for me. Um, he's still a good player, a good option if he comes off the bench as my first sub. Um, I think I think that's pretty open and shut. Does anyone have any other thoughts on Arsenal West Ham? Yeah, I think I think they'll thrash them. Yeah, Matt. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you created some very good chances. It wasn't like you fluked the chances you created against Chelsea. Um, people like Mickey and Ozu and Iwobi, I think, will um, will probably get you some goals. And hopefully, a bang around you'll start banging them in for for Andy's sake. I bet my bad, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so next fixture we're going to look at is Bournemouth Everton. I think this one is for Ben as our Bournemouth expert, our trolling Wilson expert. Yeah, so two form teams. I think they both um, have won their opening fixtures. I'm actually going to back Bournemouth in this game. Um, They're at home. They're playing well. Uh, I think both teams will probably concede. Um, So I'm going something like 2-1 Bournemouth is my prediction. But yeah, I think there'll be goals in this one for sure. I think, um, just a slight correction there, Everton lost that Jagielka in the first game, so that was a 2-2 draw. That's a 2-2 one, yeah. Playing with 10 men, though, to come back twice. Yeah, so I I would feel good with Bournemouth and Everton players going, attacking players going into this game. But sadly, I don't have Callum Wilson, but he for sure is going to score because I don't have him in my team. Do you genuinely believe that? Oh, because he is only a troll. So because you don't have it. Yeah. I yeah. see. Okay. Andy, how do you feel about Andy King? Sorry, not Andy King. Josh King. No, Josh King. Um, I agree with what you said early on that Callum Wilson is going to... He looked really confident, like he was going to hit a run of form now. And so I'll be very wary of picking his, somebody who is competing with him for the the centre forward position so he's not in my team and I have uh, Josh King and I have no sort of plans to put him in because I think Wilson's going to stay there Okay um, Yeah does everyone concur that we, we see goals we don't see clean sheets and probably Bournemouth shading it at home Yeah I think there's going to goals in that Everton I, I, I expect Chink Tosson to get off the mark in this game um, oh, That's a good point he hasn't scored yet has he? <laughs> I mean, he, he in He's, he's looked very solid. Um, I'm just waiting for that <laughs> in my team as soon as he sets it down. Well, it's not in my team, so I'm, I'm sticking up with my end of the bargain. Uh, so the bargain, bargain yeah. to clarify, guys, the bargain was that Matt in the preseason pod was backing Cenk Tozen um, to be a revelation this season. And Andy was going with Umar Nias as the revelation, as a goal-scoring substitute. Neither I, players were evident in your team in game week one. So obviously it's it's going to be coming into the team now, surely. Well, to be clear, I, I said that um, I didn't think that Nias was going to score like as many points as Tosin because he's going to be on the bench. What I said was that he, at the value that he is, which is what strikers in the league, um, I think he's, he represents better value than Tosin. Okay. So, Matt, you were saying you think Tosin's going to score in this game? Uh, yeah. It looks like a class player. Um, he's got goals in him, that boy. <laughs> Will he be on penalties? Have Everton have had a penalty yet? Uh, they have not. Um, so who knows? Who knows? But they do have Gilfie Sigurdsson in that squad who's a good penalty taker, so it's not a nailed on that he'll take him. 
Yeah, and Sigerson was injured for a lot of the end of last season um, when Tosin kind of came into the team. So it's it's still up, up in the air as to who's on penalties. My money's on Sigurdsson, but we'll have to see. Um, just a, a reminder on this game, I think this was Bournemouth away, Everton a couple of years ago, where it was the 3-3 draw in the last minute or possibly even 4-3. Do you guys remember that game? No. Nope. I'm, my memory is ter- terrible, but famously terrible. But I'm pretty sure Everton away to Bournemouth a few seasons ago, Barkley scored potentially. Um, and it was a high-scoring game, so I think the prediction of goals is is kind of backed up by history. Um, moving on now, it's Andy's turn, and he has a humdinger of a game to preview. Huddersfield <laughs> versus Cardiff. Andy, I'm very sorry you got this one, but what do you think? Yeah, I, I think that um, if fixtures were measured by percentage of players who picked players from that fixture this would be the lowest of all of the fixtures in the entire season um so there probably aren't as many people interested in this as there are in the other fixtures um i've looked quite hard to find things that are interesting to say about this what i found is um first of all matt you've got um hammer as the as your sub goalkeeper this may be his only chance to keep a clean sheet all season so that's probably worth bearing in mind if you've got him as your reserve goalkeeper if your main goalkeeper is is facing a tough fixture this week, you could put him in. That's a very good point. It's Hamer time. It may well be Hamer time. Um, and I also noticed, if you look at the um, the, the scores so far, what, one thing that caught my eye was that uh, Joe Bennett of Cardiff already has nine points this season, which is quite a lot from two early fixtures. Now, they have a, a rough run of fixtures coming now, but they have a, looking further ahead. Um, they have a, a pretty easy run of fixtures from game week 11 through 17. And so it might be worth, if you're looking for a cheap defender around that time, he might be some, and you need to pick a Cardiff defender, he's probably looking like the one who's going to score the points. But that is, those are the most interesting things I found to say about this game. It was interesting to see um, Peltier was dropped for this game as well. He didn't start the 4.0 defender for Cardiff, um, which was a big fixture if you had him in your team. Um, Newcastle nil nil, and he wasn't in the team. So it's another four point oh defender gone. Um, but yeah, Bennett. Do you know Bennett's price? Four and a half. Okay, but one to watch for sure. Yeah, he could be one that um, people transfer in after that that tough run of fixtures. I think. I think my big one in the Cardiff defence is surely the the Filipino goalkeeper Etheridge. Two penalty saves in two games, clean sheet in the second game. Um, if Cardiff concede as many penalties as they do, <laughs> he's you know he's got a pretty he's got a hundred percent record at the moment. I think I have rumours that he was good at penalty saving in the championship last season. Cardiff obviously loves to defend. Warnock loves to defend, so that would be my shout. Um, you know because you you like to have keepers who have shots against them so they get their save points, and he's definitely had that um, in the first game. Penalty saves added on top of that if he's a specialist and bonus points for teams that uh, don't do much else. They don't have any star players. He, he will surely start to hoover them up. So that would be my shout for, for Cardiff. And I think generally, I, I would say nil-nil in this game. I think that's a pretty large number of things that need to happen, which are, which are unusual in order for that to continue. Like They're not going to concede a penalty per game. And even if they do... Like Etheridge isn't going to save all of them, so I think it, I mean it, it could happen, but I think it's a pretty big shout to pick a goalkeeper because their team. 
Like it seems like that's a, a reason that they won't keep clean sheets rather than that he will get positive points. Okay, well it's it's one to watch for sure. Um, how about Huddersfield? Can you see, can you see anyone there who might be worth picking out? Well, my my trouble is I when we talk about whipping boys in the preseason, and these 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 two were the teams that I picked out as my whipping boys. So, I mean, if you have these players in your team, then um, obviously Hamer's one to, to transfer in for this game. Um, De Poitre looked like one of their most dangerous players this week. Um, I don't that that might be uh, sort of um, even more so against a team like Cardiff. Um, but to be honest, nobody's going to be transferring in players specifically for the Cardiff against Huddersfield game. So I think really my my advice on this game is to steer, steer clear of all of the players because none of them are going to do well outside this fixture. Okay, guys, what do you think? How about you, Matt? Uh, they're definitely the teams that I look out for each week to see who they're facing so I can pick the players that are playing against them. Yeah. Ben, what do you think? Um, I feel like we've spoken too much about this picture. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll move on. I have a painful interest in Huddersfield Cardiff, clearly. I just back me up on average. Matt, what do you think about Southampton Leicester? Um, so I think most people expect Leicester to do well here and Southampton to to struggle, but I, I don't know. I think Southampton on the set of the match today highlights against Everton look that they had chances um, to score. Um, Danny Ings looked like he'd made a strong start to his reviving his career at Southampton. So I think Southampton will definitely be down there in the relegation dogfight, and Leicester should be about a mid table, but I think a bit of pressure because they beat Wolves but they played badly I mean they got dominated for most of the game so I reckon it's probably going to be a score draw but Southampton might be the one that could edge it if anyone um, and as for players I think Madison is becoming increasingly tempting for Leicester especially with Vardy now suspended for a few games because now he's whoever striker plays hold up play for for Madison to give him some space which would be um, quite good for him and penalties as well, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, he's already on, he's already on set pieces, so he could put on penalties too, you're right. Um, and then Danny Ings is a good bargain basement striker buy um, if people are looking to make, save some money somewhere to, to fund some other transfers. I've noticed Charlie Austin getting the chances for Southampton, but not looking particularly dangerous, not getting many shots on target. Yeah, it it, it sounds like he, he might get replaced by Gabby Odini soon. Um, he's not quite hit the form that people hoped he might do. Yeah, Hughes just does like to swap between those two mm. um, rather than giving them a nice run in the team. Yeah. Um, and the other Southampton player yeah. I like is Bertrand. I think he's quite a... Well, he usually gets to the England squad. I think he's unlucky not to go to the World Cup. Um, but again, in the highlights, he, he seems to be bombing forward quite a lot. Um, five million's probably a little bit steep, but if they, they've got a fairly reasonable run, run of fixtures and I can see him getting some assists again this season. Yeah. Not, no um, no eyes for Cedric at 4.5. I think everyone likes to, like, compares him against, like, he's the cheap version of Bertrand, but I don't think he's quite as good or um, quite as productive. I think that's fair. Um, yeah, I, I can't disagree with you there. I think score draw is a good shout. Danny Ings is a good pick in Madison um, on Leicester. Um, let's move on. Um, Liverpool-Brighton 
this is me again. I these fixtures, who gets to preview them? Uh, were picked at random. I just happened to get Arsenal at home to West Ham and Liverpool at home to Brighton. Um, honestly, because I'm the host, I didn't just pick the easiest fixtures. Liverpool, um, yeah, Liverpool at home again. Uh, they look fantastic against West Ham. I think they'll look fantastic against Brighton. Brighton have just won against Manchester United at home. Um, but I don't think we'll see that a repeat of that performance away to Liverpool. I think Anfield away is a very different prospect to Man U with a bit of with problems in the dressing room um, at home. So, yeah, I see another a, a route. Um, Brighton, I think, will try and keep things tight. Um, they won't want to get a cricket score against them. So, you know, maybe four, three or four goals um, is not a bad shout. And I don't see a huge amount of goal threat from them away from home. Um, obviously, Gross has, has got his 10 points this week. So he's on the on the scoreboard now. And he's a threat from set pieces, but um, yeah, I can't, I can't look past any of the Liverpool attacking options: Mane, Salah, Firmino, Robertson, Van Dijk from corners. Alexander Arnold took a nice free kick um, in game week one, which I think I mentioned before. So yeah, if he can hold his place, I think at 5.0 he's a good pick. I think this is a, another kind of easy one to shout. I, I don't think. You guys are going to disagree with me? No. Would you captain Salah for this one? I'd definitely be captaining Salah for this one. I think Aubameyang hasn't yet proved it, um, although he's got a good fixture this week. Um, And apart from that, Man U are playing Spurs. um, Man City away to Wolves is not a bad shout, especially knowing that he's played Aguero and Jesus in the last fixture rather than dropping Aguero. Aguero is clearly on form, but I think between the two of them, given the same fixture, I think Salah would be my pick. So it would be the same for this. Yeah. Okay, should we move on again? Watford, Crystal Palace. Um, when it comes to Ben for this one. Yeah, so I think it was a tough one to call. I'm, I'm interested to see how Palace get on tomorrow, but both these teams look pretty good. Uh, London derby, I think maybe a score draw is probably what I would predict. Maybe a a one one or two two. But um, I do buy Matt's case where Watford could win this one. I I mean I could see that happening as well. So uh, I think a tough one to call. I'll probably go score draw for this one. I think I'd agree with you. I think they've both started the season well. Obviously, we don't know how Palace are going to fare against Liverpool, but we know how they did in the first game. Watford have won their opening two fixtures. So, yeah, score draw. Pretty even, Steven. Sounds good to me. Um, Andy, what do you reckon? Um, Yeah, that sounds like a reasonable... I think probably if I was going to... If I wasn't allowed to pick a draw, I'd probably say Palace over Watford. Um, I think they've got a bit more established quality in their team and a reliable manager but what sort of really surprised me this year so far so I think I'd probably go for a, uh, a score draw as well yeah scoring scoring three goals away to Burnley is really impressive actually I was I was not expecting that yeah but I, I do I do agree with Andy about um, Palace on the break with their pace they've always been quite a threat away from home so Zaha Schlupp Townsend and um, you know, that's something the counter-attack 
they're quite good at, especially with the fullbacks getting forward. So, yeah, a score draw sounds sensible to me, but Palace could shade that. Um, Fulham Burnley. Um, I'm going to come to you, Andy. You've got another humdinger of a fixture. Yeah, I've got the, the pick of the fixtures this week, haven't I? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I think this is a, probably another score draw. Um, it's interesting we just picked up on the 3-1 between Watford and Burnley. I think there were two things that stood out to me there. First of all, I was surprised about how good Watford were, but secondly, how porous Burnley looked in that game. Um, I didn't think they looked like the same unit that they looked like last season, which is surprising in a way because not that much has changed. Um, I guess maybe just the, the weight of expectation is the only, and, and being in the Europa League are the only things that have really changed about them. So it kind of surprised me they didn't look as good defensively as I was expecting them to. Um, so it could be that that is something to watch out for. If I'm right about that, obviously Burnley defenders might not be worth as much as they were last season. Um, I'd pick a score draw for this one. I think um, in the two game weeks so far, obviously Mitrovic scored this week, um, which made me happy because I like him because he's crazy. Um, and Sessegnon is also a high scorer so far for Fulham, so it could be that those are players to look out for in that game. Um, I think for... it's kind of hard to pick, pick them out this season. Last season, it was kind of obvious who their, who their players were going to be because it was their centre-backs because they got a lot of blocks and um, kept a lot of clean sheets. And then, um, you know, up front, whoever was playing regularly, depending on who wasn't, who wasn't injured, then that would be who you pick up front. This season, I'm not sure it's going to be that easy because it's not, they're not going to be as good a defensive side, I don't think. Um, so I think I'd probably be looking at Fulham players more closely than Burnley players because they're more of an un, in in a way more of an unknown, but in a way sort of I don't know. I, there's, there are fewer question marks negatively over them as well. Um, so I'm looking out for Sessegnon Mitrovic. I'm looking out for their goalkeeper Fabry, who got who made eight saves this week. That's something to that caught my eye as well. Um, so maybe he might be one to look out for too. I think I I agree with you about um, Burnley defensively bit of a shock from last season but I also think if you look at the end of last season if if any other managers like me held on to Ben Mee for possibly too long held on to him into the second half of last season when Burnley started to build on their platform of a good position in the league and started to attack more they seemed to focus less on the defence and they played Barnes and Wood in the same team and they definitely suffered I don't remember getting a clean sheet for kind of eight games in a row for Burnley which was a bit strange with Ben Mee my my only player I'd pick out from Burnley in terms of defence this season so far would be James Tarkovsky. Um, you know, he got a clean sheet in the first game. He also got one bonus. Um, Watford at home, he picked up a goal. Um, and he, surprisingly, coming into the team later um, than Ben Mee. Um, ben Mee's kind of been an established first-team player for longer. But Tarkovsky's come in. He's got that England call up before. Um, and I think he's the man who has a partner with him. So whether it is Gibson, who's now been bought from Middlesbrough, who's another great defender, or whether it's Ben Mee, I think Tarkovsky's the, the kind of crucial pick in those centre-back pairings. Um, but yeah, I, I do agree that maybe defensively things have got a, a slightly lax at Burnley in comparison to last season. Um, also, also, fun fact, Burnley are the only team who has to play midweek fixture this week. Yeah, it does seem to be telling. They seem to be feeling the effects of those Europa League fixtures already, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say that yeah. same point. I think they're they're going to be really affected by those European Europa League fixtures. Now. And Fulham, do, Fulham like to keep the ball, 
Burnley, not so much. So Fulham at home could be an interesting watch, definitely. Andy, what score did you say for this one? Did you predict a, a Fulham I win? I said a, a score draw. Um, I think maybe a, a one or a, one or a two, or it won't be an eight all, obviously. Uh, score draw. Okay. Okay. Um, Newcastle, Chelsea, Matt. What do you think of this one? Um, so Chelsea's another one of the big guns that started the season quite well, scoring lots of goals. Um, I think this is the first game they've had though where they're away from home and coming up and against an organised defence, organised by a good defensive manager. So I could see the goal number of goals being limited. Um, however, I think Chelsea just have slightly too much for um, for Newcastle to to get a result. So I, I reckon you, I reckon Chelsea will probably edge it, maybe a one 0 or two one, but. I wouldn't expect them to put up a cricket score against Newcastle at home because I think Rafa's just too good at building a nice um, tactical team. Yeah, and possibly Kennedy will have to see whether he features from an attacking point of view. Well, he can't. Um, he's um, he's he's ineligible. Yeah, that's true. And um, yeah, so it would be whether he got a ban for the next two games if that does come in. So yeah. So, do you see any goal threat from Newcastle, Matt? You're saying organised defence, but how about an attack? Um, I wouldn't like to guess who Newcastle's goal is going to come from. Um, I, I don't see a standout performer um, for, for Newcastle's attack. I mean, Kennedy is quite a good punt, but um, as I say, he's, he's not available for this fixture. I think the main ones is Chelsea getting Hazard returning, and that will um, it, it'd be an interesting fixture to if you're thinking about Hazard in your team about. Is this is this going to be a big season for him or not? Is a game like away at Newcastle will he have an impact? Mm. Okay, um, yeah, I think that's that's pretty good. I'm not going to argue with you there. Um, Man United Spurs, Ben, as a, a Man U fan, um, what do you think? Ooh, this is a tough one. So last season, if I remember correctly, we lost to a really bad team and then we played Spurs at home and we beat them 1-0 as like a bounce back game at home. Um, So that's what happened last season. The only thing different about this season is if the players decide they just want to give up on Mourinho, they could lose this game. So I'm going to hedge and say this will just be a draw. (laughs) Like one all or something. I think it's Um, off But I could see any of those three scenarios happening and I would not be surprised. Like, Manu bounce back at home against a big team. They give up on Mourinho and, and lose or we draw. So, I don't really know. But if I had to guess, I would probably... I would go with a 1-1 draw, maybe. But curious to think what the other Manu fans and Duncan, what you think? I, I, I'm going to step out of this one because I, I think this is an interesting um, wisdom of the crowd thing. We've got three Man U fanatics here. Ben is saying probably 1-1 draw. Is that correct? Yep. Okay, Matt, what do you say? So, I, mean, I agree with Ben. It's very difficult. We, I think the last couple of seasons running, we've beaten Spurs at home, Old Trafford, when everyone has been predicting that Spurs would... Now Spurs are the good team. Man U look like they're falling away. And we... They just don't quite seem to perform against United like they, they can do Spurs. I know they beat us at Wembley in the league last season, but then we beat them in the FA Cup um, semi-final. I, it, I think it some, somewhat depends some on the injuries Man you have. So 
is Matic and Sanchez, are they going to come back and give us a solidity? Um, yeah, Lingard looked good when he came on today. He could really add quite a lot of dynamism. And also just how knackered are Spurs players. Um, they've sort of got through the games, but everyone's surprised how quickly they came back from the World Cup. Um, I, I can see maybe a 1-0 win to Man U, um, like the last couple of seasons, like completely undeserved, but it's just the way that that fixture goes. Okay. Andy, what do you say? Um, I also agree that it's really tough to call this one because it's really tough to call um, what Man U's team is going to look like. I agree that Lingard made a huge difference this week when he came on because he just never stops moving. Um, I think Sanchez coming back would be a reason that we'd be less likely to win the game rather than more. Um, I think we're much, we look much better with anybody else on the left wing. It could be uh, Martial or, or Rashford or, to be honest, just not having a left winger at all. Any of those would be better than playing Sanchez at the moment. Um, <laughs> I think that my my heart coming out weekend is just giving me zero hope for Man United in this game. Or, or it doesn't matter who the next fixture was, it would give me zero hope. Um, it, the only thing that sort of swings the other way is Matic is such a big player for us. And playing... Pereira as our deepest lying midfielder for the last two weeks. That obviously isn't first choice. Um, so if Matic comes back, I can see as maybe getting a draw or a jammy win. But assuming that doesn't happen, I think we're going to lose it. Okay, so it's sounding like a a, a low scoring game, maybe one nil to United, maybe nil nil, or maybe one one. Well, I don't think. Well, if 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 we don't get Matic, if we're still playing Pereira at defensive midfield, and, assume, and like we still don't have a fully firing Lingard or Rashford or or um, Lukaku, I think this could be a high-scoring loss if we if it goes badly. Uh, if it goes well, like the best possible result is one nil Man United. The worst possible result is five nil Spurs. So we need to watch out for that team news on Matic and whether Pereira and Fred are going to start together at the base of midfield. That's what I think. Yeah. Yeah, and the centre-backs seem to be a big issue for the Brighton game. There was a lot of discussion by Gary Neville over who was the first-choice pairing and who was going to stand up in this season. So whether Smalling or Jones put in appearance will surely change things as well, potentially. I don't think the whole it... back line like, yeah. is not up to scratch at the moment, is it? Like, we're still playing a converted 34-year-old winger as a left or right back, depending on who else is fit. Like, there's just a lot wrong with that back line. Yeah, I'd say that it doesn't really matter which centre-back we play. They're all average. Um, it's all about the protection in front of them. Um, that dictates how well Matt do. So we did... Come- I, I, I do like Phil Jones. And I know in terms of fantasy, his average points per game last season was very high. It's just the injuries that were a bit of an issue for him. If you had a, a fit Phil Jones starting, obviously he's not going to be match fit, but he... He might be physically fit enough to start. I think that might help you possibly park a bus if you needed to. I, I don't agree. I think Jones um, physically and skillfully is, is a very good player, but he's just never been a full package as a centre-back. Um, partly because of injuries, he never quite learned the position. But you see some of the errors he makes. He just doesn't... I don't know if he has the concentration or just doesn't quite think enough on the on the field play. But he, he gets done too easily and, he keeps having to lunge in and I can remember him giving away a penalty for England against Belgium and then in the FA Cup final he lost us that as well. He's not a player on form. He makes a good tackle with his head though, doesn't he? 
and he makes a great expression as he does it. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. world class at that. <laughs> the great faces, Yeah, the Jones Gurns. I think he should have become a, a defence midfielder or a fullback in the end. Unfortunately, I don't think he's a centre back. Okay, um, so on from those doom-laden predictions from the Man U fans. I'm going to ask for your whipping boys for this week. So we've obviously picked out Cardiff and Huddersfield as our, our whipping boys for the season, pretty much. But for this game week, your whipping boys and gut punts. Um, I'm going to start. Um, my whipping boys this week are, are Brighton away to Liverpool. I mentioned it before in my preview. It was a toss-up between them and Arsenal versus West Ham. So West Ham could have been my whipping boys. But I think... Um, West Ham to London Derby, Arsenal, two losses on the bounce. Jack Wilshire back at his home club, ready to prove a point. Bernatovic is a, a fall in the side of the Arsenal defence, which hasn't thought itself out yet. So I'm more sure about Liverpool and putting Brighton to the sword um, and um, about West Ham. Um, so I'm going to go with Brighton. Um, Matt, would you differ or would you go for the same? No, I'd agree with that. I think Brighton um, tend to be really bad away from home, um, and they got they did really badly the first game week. And Liverpool look a very good attacking outfit, so it's the highest chance of a very high scoring thrashing. Okay, Ben, is that the same for you? Um, I'm probably going to go West Ham as my whipping boys. Arsenal have lost their first two games, and they're at home, and they they really need to make a statement. Um, I really liked all the chances they created, so I'm going to back Arsenal. Nice one. Okay. Andy. I'm a big Arsenal fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Andy, you've got the deciding vote. Yeah, I'm surprised this wasn't unanimous, actually. I think Liverpool will tonk Brighton, um, which I think, I hope, will also look really bad on Mourinho. I think uh, I think Ben's just trying to make up for trolling Arsenal for the last couple of pods. <laughs> okay, so gut punts. Does anyone have any gut punts for game week three fixtures? I'm going to come to Matt first. Um, so I guess I mean, uh, alluded to it earlier. I quite rate Watford, um, and I think that they will comfortably beat Crystal Palace. Um, I just think that uh, Decor to players in the Premier League um, and so I think one of them might might be man of the match and dictate that game Okay Decore or Pereira so I'm guessing Pereira is more likely to get the goals Yeah Decore can win a game but not necessarily score the goals he's a bit more defensive but um, he's also quite I also I have my eye on him as a potential pick because he scored quite a few goals last season with his massive long shots yeah, he, he was on that kind of crazy Ramsey run of just getting one shot on target, two shots on target and getting the goals. And I think, I think you'll get okay. a move. Yeah, one to watch. Okay, Andy, who's your gut punt for fixtures this week? So my, my gut punt kind of overlaps with the Whipping Boys comment is I think Chelsea could have a, a really good game against Newcastle. Um, when they've been trying to play out, they've often gone through Kennedy. He won't be available for this game. And Chelsea have looked really good going forward. Don't think Newcastle offer much that's going to trouble what is admittedly a weak Chelsea defence, but only when something is actually attacking them. Um, so I think this could be a sort of 80% possession game for Chelsea. And depending on whether they take their chances or not, it could be a high-scoring one too. 
And is there any players, any other players you'd pick out particularly from? Yeah, there's one. I, I um, actually don't think he's a a, a top quality striker, um, Alvaro Alvaro Morata. But um, I think that in this Chelsea team, where it seems like he's going to be playing every game um, over Giroud, if that if that if that continues, um, just being a good enough striker in that team could lead to a lot of goals. So although he's a little bit cheaper than the likes of Lukaku and uh, Aubameyang and Aguero, he might be up there in terms of point getting. Yeah, and if if he scored this week, then surely he'll keep his place, or he's more likely to keep his place than he would have been if he hadn't. Um, I think that's a good yeah. shout. I think he's gone under the radar this season, for sure. Um, OK, Ben, what, what's your gut punt for this game week? Um, my gut punt this week is probably going to come from the Southampton-Leicester game. And uh, I'm going to go with Ricardo Pereira. So he is listed as a defender, but he plays in midfield. Um, two assists in the first two games. So I feel like this could be a good game for both attacking and potentially clean sheet returns. So he'll... he. Although I also like Danny Yings as a punt as well, so... You've stolen my, my gut punt there. You can't have them both, Ben. Okay, Pereira's my punt, yeah. Pereira's your punt. I'm going to go for Danny Ings um, for the, the reasons that Matt mentioned in his preview of uh, Southampton Leicester. I think he got his goal. He looked positive. He looked very happy to get his goal. It's his hometown club. Uh, he grew up around Southampton. Um, so this is going to be his, his first game at the new... Uh, at home for Southampton, hopefully his first game starting. Um, so I think we could see him build up a, a head of steam, hopefully. And I think that'd be nice for him as well. So he is my gut punt for this week. Clean sheets. I think if we take it in turns, um, I think Andy got such dud fixtures to preview this week. I'm going to give him the first choice of the clean sheet. Um, I think Chelsea would be a clean sheet, but that's kind of the same prediction as last time, right? That I, I don't I don't see much danger from that Newcastle side without Kennedy. Okay. How about you, Ben? I'll go Liverpool. I think that's that's a good one. Okay, Matt. I'll be contrarian. I'll go Huddersfield. Um they can't keep clean sheet there, they can't keep one. Yeah. I think that's fair. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Man City away to Wolves. Back to you, Andy. All right. Um, I'm going to go Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ben. I'm going to go Cardiff. Nil-nil. Yeah. That's a good shout. Matt, you're getting down to the dregs now. I was going to be contrarian again and say exactly the same thing for Cardiff. They, yeah, they can't get a clean sheet there. They can't get it anywhere. Um, but... <laughs> Uh, I will go for Fulham. That was going to... Yeah, I, I think I'm going to go for that fixture as well. I'm going to go for Burnley. I think um, Burnley have enough to keep Fulham out at home. Um, so, yeah, I, I go for that. And then I think we've, we all agree that Watford Palace is going to be goals. Bournemouth Everton is going to be goals. Um, has anyone gone for Southampton Leicester yet? Maybe Leicester. Leicester could keep a clean sheet there, couldn't they? Yeah, they could. I think Leicester will win that game. Um, so they may not concede. Okay. 
Then we're going to go captains and transfers. Um, so I'm going to start with Matt. Your captains and transfers for this week, please. Um, so I've got Sanchez in my team, and I put him in because I quite liked sporting him in the opening fixture of the whole whole thing. Uh, but he's got injured this game and hasn't played at all. Um, so he's basically my piggy bank, um, which I'm now going to raid. Um, so I've got two free transfers. I might play three. Um, probably going to get Mane in and probably Mkhitaryan. Um, I'm looking to find a way to squeeze Alonso in my team because he's had a very good start to the season, but I can't quite think of a combination yet that I'm comfortable with. So you're getting rid of Jota, getting rid of Sanchez, and most likely Mane and who was the other one? Uh, Mkhitaryan. Mkhitaryan, okay. Yeah, it sounds like a very strong pick. Um, I think I think I'm having similar thoughts about Alonso, but that might have to wait. Okay, Ben, captain. Oh, sorry, Matt, your captain. Uh, it's going to be Salah. Salah. Yeah, I think that's going to be a lot of us this this week. Ben, captains and transfers. So transfers. Sadly, gonna copy Matt. I think I I have Mars in my team, so I was looking at Mkhitaryan to capitalize on Arsenal's run. Um, he looks like he's nailed, right, Duncan? Um, because he played the full ninety. Looks like Lacazette isn't really a threat to his position. So, um, if Mkhitaryan is playing all the games ninety minutes, I think I'll probably do a Morris to Mickey swap. And then I'll have money in the bank um, for later on. Because there, there are a couple of places that my bench is kind of weak. I don't have a good backup goalkeeper. Um, Josh King is not super great. So I'll probably have to use that money in the upcoming weeks. But I think for this week, Morris to Mickey and then Salah captain. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I think that's wise. I think you're best to focus on your team outfield rather than dealing with your bench yet. And, you know, there's always that wild card that a lot of people like to play early in the season for sorting out that bench and the edges of your team. Um, Andy, who's your captains and transfers for this week? So, Captain Salah, no-brainer. Transfers is more interesting. And I told you earlier that I was was seriously considering my wild card. The reason is that I saved half a million last week thinking that this week would be when I got rid of Jota for Mkhitaryan because I have a spare 0.5 million to do that now. However, I also want to lose Sané. And um, so I would have to either downgrade significantly and, say, and have uh, three million in the bank to go from Sané to uh, Mickey, which it's a lot of money to be sitting on, um, or persist with Sané for a week or take a four-point drop for the second time running. So I'm faced with a really difficult decision this time round. Very tempting to play the wild card. I could then lose Kennedy. I could lose... Um, Arnautovic for his tough run of fixtures um, so that is tempting me quite a lot at the moment but you'll definitely see my team change either Sané out for one of Mane and Ali and uh, and or Jota out for Mkhitaryan Yeah, I think I, my initial thoughts when you were mentioning wildcard were yeah, that sounds sensible, go for it but actually looking at your team you've got Aubameyang about to come into good fixtures, you've got Arnautovic, who's who's scored and is always a threat. You've got Zaha, so you're quite, you know, you've got an almost template strike force. You've got Salah, you've got Richarlison, you've got Mendy, Alexander-Arnold, Shaw, who's having a good start. Your only 
big issues I'd I'd say um, would be you know your bench is fine. The only big issue is is Sane really. You know you've got Jota to come in off the bench if you need him. Wambasaka is a good pick. Um, you've got two good keepers. So I mean it's up to you. Doherty still looks like a sensible four point five and um, playing in out of position in midfield. So. It's up to you, but you do have a lot of the players already forming in the template. So, it, yeah, it can it can be very successful in early wildcard, but you don't have to do it. It's not completely necessary, I'd say. And I think the most likely thing is I'll take my four, um, and then I can get um, Mkhitaryan and another nine and a half million midfielder in. Um, it would take me down. It's like controversial, but um, I think that's where I have to go. Okay, we'll have to see next week. Um, and your captain is Salah? Captain Salah, yeah. Captain Salah. Okay, uh, I'm the last one up. So I've actually already made a transfer. Um, gone early. Shocking. Shocking. We don't advise that, but um, I was worried about Jota. His price was falling and it was getting pretty high last night. Um, I was watching match today very late. And I think when price drops happen, it's around 1.30 or 2.30 in the early morning. And it was approaching that time. So I was slightly concerned that he was dropping so fast. He was going to suddenly lose 0.1. And I wouldn't be able to switch him to Mkhitaryan with my 0.5 in the bank. Um, so I made the transfer um, on my head, be it. If it doesn't come off, and if I get an injury somewhere else, or Mkhitaryan's out, um, but at the moment for me, Mkhitaryan's come in, Jota's gone out, and Arnautovic is on my bench away to Arsenal. Um, he's ahead of Saha at the moment. Um, but yeah, I think what I should probably be doing is having patience because I don't have any huge issues in my team. But I quite like last season some of the bigger names I saw instead of waiting two weeks and using a mini wildcard of two transfers or maybe three with a four-point hit. I quite liked seeing some of the bigger managers that just made consistently one transfer each week. So the team was always changing, but you never got to that point where you attempted to splurge on, on big hits. You were always, even if you thought, um, my team doesn't need anything super crucial, you just worked in the edges of it. I quite like that strategy and that's one I might try and stick to um, this season. Captain Salah, of course, um, same for all of us. I think this week was the big differential for captains. If you had Aguero and if you didn't, but we have to see what Salah does tomorrow night, Monday. I'll be watching keenly. Come on, Salah. (laughs) (laughs) Can he top a hat-trick and an assist? Uh, we'll have to see against that Palace defence. Any it's other so, business? It's so rare I get to cheer on Salah because usually like, everyone's got him and everyone's captured him. But for this one time, I actually get to see cheer his goals. It's such a nightmare, though, when you've got that player as the other captain and you know that the player that half of the other players have captain has already got a hat-trick and you're just dying for him to score five goals. But you know it's very, very unlikely. I know. Um, I've, I've relinquished my lead to you at the top of our, our mini league, which is unfortunate. But uh, uh, yeah, it's reassuring to know that in subbing in Mkhitaryan, I'm, all I'm doing is making my team more. <laughs> yeah, you know that ahead of time now. You've got your <laughs> chance to change up. Yeah. Guys, it's been great. Great talking to you. Um, 
Is everyone available next week? Yep. Yep, I'll be here. Maybe if I decide to pod from London. Yeah, if you can pod from London. Ben's traveling to, to London this week. If you can pod together with Matt, that would be amazing. If not, we'll see you the following week. Yeah, Matt, if we can catch the Huddersfield game live in a pub, that'd be great. <laughs> Huddersfield, Cardiff. Well, I mean, <laughs> sounds very tempting. So tempting. <laughs> um, I think it's the Always Cheating podcast, which we've recommended before, who call that a pure watch when you're watching something like Huddersfield, Cardiff without any fancy players in it. You're just doing it for the love of the game. Uh, yeah, I'd be watching a game hoping my goalkeeper does well. That's always a difficult one. <laughs> it's very likely in that game, I think. Mm. Nice one. All, all the best, guys. And I will catch up with you all next week. Cool. Cheers, guys. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Bye.